started. Okay, Bokatov. Uh, today's daf is uh, Nundalid, 54, but we pick up on uh, Nungimamaj Bet. And the discussion is understanding the Mishnah, the, the two positions, one about, my, one about Master Shani and one about Hektesh. By Master Shani, Rabbi Meir says you can never use it to marry a woman because it is Mamad Gavoa, it's not yours. Rabbi Yudah says in principle you can, but it won't work in the case of Shogeg, when you're unwitting. So Shogeg makes it worse. Similarly, in the case of Hektesh, we have Rabbi Meir saying that if you try to marry a woman with Hektesh, if you do it, Knowing that it's hectic, it works. Unwittingly, it doesn't work. So we have to explain, Rebuta says the reverse, but we'll bracket Rebuta for a minute. So we have to explain why Rebbe Meir, why by Meiser Shemi, Shogeg is worse, according to Rebbe Huda, and by Hektesh, Mezid is worse, worse, according to Rebbe Meir. So the statement was, was that in one of them, the woman doesn't want, had she known, she wouldn't have wanted, so it's an error, and in the other one, the man wouldn't, both of them wouldn't have wanted, had they known, and that's an error. So which is which? So the first answer that the Gemara said was, uh, by Rebbe Yemia, was, well, it makes sense that Meiser Shemi, is the one that um, she wouldn't want had she known, because she would have had to schlep up to Yerushalayim. But him, what does he care? If he's willing to get her, you know, if he, if he would accept Meister Shani and she'll take it to Yerushalayim, he'd be happy to have her married with Meister Shani. So with Meister Shani, the only problem is that had she known, she wouldn't have wanted it. Whereas by Hektish, neither of them would have wanted it, because had they realized it was Hektish, if either of them had realized that it was Hektish, they would realize that they were doing the sin of Me'ilah, and they wouldn't have wanted to, have doing, to do it. So that's why Hektesh doesn't work because it's, if it's Shogi, because neither of them would have wanted it. And Rashi says the difference to know whether it's who wouldn't have wanted it had they known is who do you have to ask? Because Michael, you know, in general, you know, you wonder when you say these rules, are they blanket rules or can you reassess case by case? So if this is based on a presumption of toast, ask the parties who might be in toast. And if they tell you they don't mind, maybe it would be okay. Anyway, so that's the answer of Rebbe Yirmiya, that by Hektesh, by Meister Shani, she wouldn't have wanted, by Hektesh, neither of them would have wanted had they known. So now the Gemara picks up in the beginning of, in the middle of Nun Gimel Amudbet. So we pick up with, um, um, Reb Yaakov. It's about 12 lines down. Um, line starts with the word, um, the Reb Yaakov. So, it's, so let's do it. Reb Yaakov, um, so again, Why we, is the key to Where we, we because Meister Shani is your own mama, and if you know what you're doing, then it works. But she wouldn't have wanted it. No, but she knows. Maisie means everybody knows. Okay, Shogig means nobody knows. Maisie means everybody knows. I mean, he knew. What he no, 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 no. We're presuming the knowledge level is the same across the board. Um, and that also matters who you say is an error, because if one of them doesn't and the other does, then it matters who would have a problem with it. Yes. The, the, yeah, the, uh, just again, the, the two, neither of them would want hectic because it's not still hectic. Yeah, they don't want to be over on being I violating hectic, on being, being motzi the hectic l'chulin. Okay, so that's the first answer. Again, picking up Nun Gimel Amit Bet, Reb Yaakov, about 12, 15 lines down, beginning of a line. Reb Yaakov, Amar, Ipkom Yisab, the opposite makes sense. Milo Iko Meimer, Meiser, you could say the following. By Meiser, neither of them would have wanted had they known. Why? Ilo Nichol Amishum Tircha Dorcha, she wouldn't have wanted because she would have had a schlep to Yerushalayim. 
Shayim. Uh, the Eloni and he wouldn't have wanted to give her Meiser Shani had he known. Because of his liability. Now, what does that mean if it got lost on the way? What does that mean his liability? He gave it to her, she owns it. So Rashi first has an interesting discussion that, well, maybe since she can't eat it until she gets to Yerushalayim, she wouldn't be Mikudeshes until she successfully got it to Yerushalayim, it would be worth something. So if it would have gotten lost along the way, then she wouldn't be Mikudeshes in the end. So Tosos, and Rashi's not thrilled with that, Tosos rejects it completely. He says, no, everything indicates that she's married right away. It doesn't matter what happens afterwards. But Rashi says what Unsadorcha means is, she's going to come back to him and she's going to be angry at him. You gave me this. I was only able to eat it in Yerushalayim. It got lost. So, you know, I had a schlep it there. By the time I got there, it had rotted. You know, give me, give me, pay me, but give me something else. So she'll just, so you, so, so because he wouldn't have wanted to have give her something, even if, even if legally he wouldn't have been liable, he wouldn't have wanted to have given her something that she would only be able to benefit from after she brought it to Yerushalayim, and then it would be possible something would go wrong and she could have a legitimate complaint against him. Okay, so therefore, had he known, had either of them known it was my Sershani, they wouldn't have wanted. She because of the schlep and him because he didn't want to have to hear about the schlep. Okay, so that's why, <laughs> so that's why neither of them would have wanted it. Okay, now, however, one minute, El exactly, El by Hectesh, we get why she wouldn't have wanted had she known who was hectic. The nitchol hectic ayyeva. She wouldn't have wouldn't have wanted there's been a party for causing hectic for doing the ila and causing hectic to be violated and go out to chulin. Why would he not have wanted it? Which is funny. Why? Because it's like you know, it's like oh well. I mean, I would have wanted to, to willingly violate Hektesh, but if I accidentally violated it, and it turned out I was able to marry a woman and I didn't have to spend my own money, whoops, it was Hektesh, all right, what's so bad? I wasn't intentionally sinning, and I managed to save myself the money of buying a ring, which is pretty funny, like, do you really want a, an Avera of Me'ila B'Shogeg to your credit there? But, okay, maybe, I mean, and, you know, he got some benefit from the fact that he, he was using Hektesh, he didn't have to spend his own money. So this first answer definitely seems more compelling that by Meister it's fundamentally her issue by Hectish it's both of their issues but Rabbi Yaakov is saying it could be the reverse okay let's just keep on going a little bit further okay um, okay now the Gemara says like this um, so that's the end of the question of whose problem it was but bottom line is the reason it doesn't work in one of those cases of Shoge once according to Rabbi Yudah once according to Rabbi Meir is we said had they known they wouldn't have wanted to go forward okay now now, if Rebbe Meir is saying, like we assume the Rebbe Yirmiya's explanation, that it doesn't work when he didn't realize it was Hektesh, because he wouldn't have wanted to I mean, have... Did I skip a line? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, Thank you. The woman we said is not married in a case of Shogeg by Hektesh, and we're going to presume Reb Yirmiya's explanation, because had either of them known, but we're going to focus on him, had he known, he would have wanted to have spent Hektesh money, you don't want to do an Avera, so had he known, he, you know, so it's, the, the transaction was betos. It's not like I accidentally ate trace, and you could say I didn't eat trace. Here, because I wouldn't have wanted to do it, a transaction doesn't take effect if there's not the right das. So since it was betos, we say the transaction never took place, and she's not married. So that's, so most Moshe Yetzirachulim. Fine, she's not married, but at the end of the day, he gave her money, which in his mindset he wanted her to possess, 
she took possession of it. So would we say that the fact that they wouldn't have wanted to do it means that the, there was no mi'ila and the money didn't go out to Hulin? Or, or do we say, no, the fact that at least on the surface of it they were taking hektesh money makes it an act of mi'ila. So well, yes, but only if you actually misuse it. But what we're saying now is, if we said that had he known he wouldn't have wanted to and it was Batos, so he never misused it. He never did a transaction with it. Right? He wound up giving a woman money that was never in the end spent for Kiddushin. Because he, there was a toast and there was present. So he never actually spent so Hektish money. Car and so then we're about to get to that. Okay? One thing at a time. Okay? So if that's true, that it doesn't work because it's Batos, then it was Batos, there was no transaction. If there was no transaction, he didn't misuse Hektish money. Or he said, no, no, no. Since at the surface level they were trying to, and the way it appeared was he was misusing, even though halachically it didn't take effect, that's still an act of me. That's the question. Let's see the answer. What? If the woman isn't married, so then the transaction never took a place. So all that took place was one, you know, was it switched hands. But there was no legal act. There was no, there was no taking of possession that happened. So, therefore, since no transaction took place, how could that be an act of Mi'ila? Okay, the money was, you know, it was given from the man's hand to the woman's hands, but it wasn't actually taken possession of by the woman. So therefore, there cannot be an act of me'ila. So then the Gemara asks the next obvious question. So according to that, there will never be me'ila b'shogeg by misusing hektish funds. Anytime I misuse hektish funds, we'll say, had I known, I wouldn't have wanted to have done the transaction, and the transaction therefore was, was always void, and there was no me'ila. So that's the next question of the Gemara. I'm so glad you anticipated it. So, what would you say if you were trying to buy a car with hektish money and you didn't know? Would you say there would be no me'ila? I'm like, yes, I would say the same thing. Okay, it was unwitting, had you known you wouldn't have wanted to do it, so it was not an actual tr- act of sale, right? It was not a good transaction, and transaction requires das, the desire to make it happen, and, and if there was a, a substantive fact that you weren't aware of, that had you been aware of, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have done the transaction, so it was not a good sale, and therefore there was no me'ila. Oh, so know. now, the Gemara, one minute, so now the Gemara asks the obvious question. If, if you spend hektish oh. money without knowing, the mecher is, the, the purchase is void, so how can there ever be me'ila with misuse of hektish funds? Now there can be me'ila, not to ruin the surprise, if you actually, well, A, there's amazing question, which we'll get to, but B, thank you, but B, there can be me'ila when you actually, when it's not about spending money and about, about changing, uh, pos- you know, ownership of money, but when it's actually about use. Mm-hmm. If I take hektish oil and I rub it on my skin, right, or take hektish food and I eat it, that's me'ila. But hektish, but normally we understand that me'ila is... But normally we understand a classic me'ila is I misuse hectish funds, not realizing it's hectish. Now what we're saying is you would never actually have spent the money. You might have misplaced hectish funds because I gave it to the storekeeper and I don't know what the storekeeper did with it. So the money somehow got lost in the system. It got misplaced. But it never got misused. It never that was ta- the possession was never taken possession by somebody else. Okay? So let's take a look. So the Gemara says, um, okay, Asa, I'll ask you on this. If that's true, there will never be me'ila. And here we have a, t- a writer that teaches, um, um, Chanvani Kabal Habayis. 
Diva Rebbe Meir. Now, this is all within the position of Rebbe Meir, right? Because, so you have to ask from Rebbe Meir. It's Rebbe Meir who says, Beshogeg, it's not, the woman isn't married because the sale didn't go through. So we're presuming that within Rebbe Meir, Hektesh misused Beshogeg, the transaction never takes effect, there would never be Me'iwa. So we're going to ask a question from within Rebbe Meir. Here's the bright that teaches. Chenvani kebalabayis tiv Reb Meir. Reb Yudomer chenvani kishuchani. Now what's the case? The case is like this. I have hektesh money in my possession. Okay, I forgot it was hektesh. Okay, it's shogun. I go ahead and I give it to Michael to watch for me for safekeeping. If he's just a normal balabayis, a homeowner, so he has no presumption, he knows he can't use it. Whether I gave it to him in a sealed up uh, package, in a sealed up like purse, or whether I gave it to him loose, he knows he's not supposed to use it. And if he uses it, then... He, then that's his choice, his doing, and he would do me'ila, not me. No, no, none of us know that it's hectic. Let's say, however, Michael here is a money changer, okay? If I give Mike a money changer to hold money for me, if I give it to him in a bound-up purse, he knows hands off. If I give him loose money to hold for me, the presumption is he's able to use that. It's loose. You, I know what his business is. He's able to use that to, you know, in his business, and he'll just repay me other funds. So in that case, if he goes ahead and I gave him loose money and he used it, I'm being, I'm being Moel. Because basically that's essentially like I've authorized him to use that money and if it gets spent, I'm being Moel. And then the debate, of, is that clear? Yes? Yeah. Okay, the debate of Rebbe May and Rebbe Huda is, let's say Michael is not a normal owner and he's not a money exchanger. He is a storekeeper. You know, storekeepers also like to have some loose change available when they're making change for people. And I gave him loose funds. So is, and then he goes in and he uses that to make change for people, okay? Is that seen as like I've implicitly authorized him and I'm the one who's Moel? Or is that seen like, no, as long as you're not a money changer, just hold on to the money for me, don't use it, and if he chooses to use it, he's Moel. That's the debate of Rebbe Meir and Rebbe but this is all Bishogeg. And Rebbe Meir is taking a position here. So it's clear that Rebbe Meir holds that misuse of Hetish funds, Bishogeg, is Me'ila. Yes. Is this a, at least an easier situation? Does that play into this at all? It might be, but it's not relevant. It's not the relevant question. The relevant question by Mi'ila is, if you remember before, if I give, if I tell my shaliach to do something and we're both unwitting and he does what I've told him to do or authorized him to do, I'm the one who's moral. That's like the one exception to shaliach Vidvar Vera. Yes. This is what I'm not understanding, because the way we've been explaining this hectic is that they're both, at least the way I've been understanding, they're both moral when he's trying, you know, at least before we got to the whole show, we, you know, with, uh, maybe no one's moral, but they're both moral in the transaction. I thought it was only just one part of this moral, so how are we... Um, well, you're right, meaning it's a, in the case about um, the one who receives it really isn't moral, it's right. really the initiator, that's right. true. So when we described it before about the man and the woman, the woman really wasn't the moral, but she was a party to so the deal. And you'd rather not be a party. Right. Exactly, yeah. Two quick questions. When we talk about loose funds in contradistinction to what? So like money in a bound-up package. Okay. Yeah, if I'm giving it to you, right, if I give you like $20 cash, hold this $20 for me, as opposed to I give it to you in like a sealed a envelope or a wallet, they right? A tied up, right, a tied up down package, tied, right. Tied the question is, it seems to me that we're conflating here the terminology 
You're right. You're absolutely correct. Meaning, shogeg and mazid is normally used for questions about willingly sinning or not willingly sinning, whereas here the question is, you know, knowingly or unknowingly. I would, I, I, that is correct. Okay. Um, so now the Gemara says, like, so anyway, I can't look up Kamifligi until here the debate is only. Demar Savichin Vani Kishokhani, that uh, Rabbi Yehuda thinks that the storekeeper is like the money changer, and if he spends it, that's my sin because I should have known he was going to use it. Umar Savichin Vani Kavalabayas, and Rabbi Meir holds that the storekeeper is like the homeowner, and it's the storekeeper's sin because he shouldn't have used the money even if it was loose funds. Okay? Aval de Chuleyama, everybody agrees, him Hotzimau, that that Mi'ila is done. The question is, who did the Mi'ilah? Me or the storekeeper? But everybody agrees there's Mi'ilah, even if it's the unwitting use of money. So the Gemara says, so that's pretty good evidence. The Gemara sums though, is going to get out of it. Rebbe Meir only dwarved Rebbe Yudah coming. No, Rebbe Meir is only responding within Rebbe Yudah's position. Rebbe D, as far as I'm concerned, nobody is Moel here, because the money just changed hands, but nobody actually took possession of it. It was all betos. So therefore, nobody was Moel. LED Dach, but you that you say there's Meila, Odili Mia, Chenvani Kabalabayas, at least concede to me that in this case the Chenvani is acting on his own. He's, he's like a store, he's like a homeowner. He's not sort of doing it with the authorization of, of the person who gave him the money. No, he's like a money changer. He does have the right to use it. Meaning, I can debate with you how I would conceptualize the, uh, the, uh, the authority given to a storekeeper, even if I disagree in principle with your whole presumption of how Mi'ila takes effect. It's a weak answer, obviously, because obviously the, it's clear that the implicit buy-in here is that you agree that that's an act of Mi'ila. But the Gemara is going to be working on this for the remainder of today with a strong position. There'll be, another, there'll be an opposing position, but a strong approach that, according to Rabbi Meir, you can never do Mi'ila um, when it is unwitting because then the transaction is void, if you're actually talking about a spending of funds as opposed to a benefiting from an object. Okay, so let's keep on going with this. I'm a Rav, so Rav says, Chazanu, and here the Gemara is going to pull back from this, because it's saying that's way too extreme of a, of a position. Chazanu, this is a great language, Chazanu, a cold studying Shalrebi Meir. We looked at all of the positions of Rebbe Meir. We investigated this from all the sides. Okay? And we looked at everything Rebbe Meir ever said. Okay, so we did, we did a bar search. We have never found Rabbi Meir saying such an absurd position. Okay? That you, if you misuse hektish funds willingly, it's mi'ila, but unwillingly it's not mi'ila. Because, and here's something important I want to introduce to explain the debates of Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Huda, the general presumption is that hektish is that Mi'ila is Bishogeg, is, is, is meaning when you bring a Corbin of Mi'ila, it's clearly it's Bishogeg. And number two, the general presumption is that the only time Mi'ila, the funds go out to Hulin, is when they're misused Bishogeg. When they're misused Bimezid, you transgress, but the funds do not go out to Hulin. Now, Rabbi Meir actually is, not quoted here, but in a different Gemara, of the position that you actually, the funds go out to Hulin, even Bimezid. Actually, Tosus quotes it, he's as you can see from a Pasuk, Rabbi Meir's idea that Mi'ili is even Benezid from the Parsha of Sota. Because it says, Ish ishto, malabo 
Mal, so she's knowingly cheating on her husband, so you can have a concept of Mi'ilo willingly. Fine. Rabbi Meir says, even B'meizid, the funds go out to Chulin. But the general presumption is, is that the fundamental category of Mi'ilo is B'shogate. And Rav is saying is, we have never found Rabbi Meir ever say that there's only Mi'ilo B'meizid and that the funds ne- never occurs B'shogate. That's crazy. That's the opposite of what we normally assume. So how do you explain the Mishnah? So by the way, let's, I want to just show you, I mean, I, I hope this doesn't get too confusing. I'm just going to do this once, okay? If it's too confusing, you won't do it. But here's Rebbe Meir and here's Rebbe Yehuda. This is the Mishnah by Shog, by Hectic. Okay? And you got Shogeg and Mazid. So, Rebbe Meir says the Shogeg, no Kidu, you know, no Kidushin. Right? By, Me- by Mazid, yes Kidushin. Rebbe Yehuda says the opposite. Shogeg, yes. Mazid, no. So we haven't really been, been investigating Reb Yehuda. But let me just tell you in one sentence what Reb Yehuda's position is. You know why B'meizid the there's no Kiddushin? Because Reb Yehuda takes the normal position that Ni'ila, the Shogeg, the money goes out to Chulin. B'meizid it does not go out to Chulin. So when it was unwitting, the money went out to Chulin. She took possession of the money. She's the legal owner of the money. I might have transgressed, but it works. B'meizid, the money didn't go out to Chulin, it wasn't my money to give, it wasn't hers to take, it remains hectic, it doesn't work. That's Reb Yehuda. That's what we normally say by Me'ilah. Shogeg, the money goes out to Chulin, Me'izid not. Rebbe Meir is the reverse. So, how do you explain why Me'izid works? Well, this is a position I just mentioned a minute ago that the Gemara did not quote, but Tosus quotes in another Gemara. The Rebbe Meir says, even B'meizid, the money does go out to Chulin. Okay, so if you both knew it was Hekdesh, you willingly violated, she takes possession of the money, even the maze that the money goes out to Chulin. But why doesn't it work B'Shogeg? So right now we're suggesting for Rebbe Meir, there's never Me'ila B'Shogeg. The money never goes out to Chulin, there's never Me'ila, you didn't want the transaction. But then that's absurd, because that's the exact opposite of what we normally assume by Me'ila. So that's what we have to figure out. Why you could say B'meizid, fine. He thinks the money goes out to Chulin, even though that's not the standard. But is he really going to say there's never Mi'ila B'shogeg? How, so how are we going to explain why there's no Kiddushin other than saying there's never Mi'ila B'shogeg, which seems to be an absurd position. So yeah. after having laid this out in that chart, could you now just reiterate how does the Mishnah in Mi'ila about the Chenvani and the Shulchani apply to... Or No, I don't want to do that with this chart. I mean, that's basically saying that somebody is spending the money B'shogeg and it goes out and it goes out to Chulin and, so you know, and then it depends, right? Both parties are unwitting. The money gets spent. Mi'ila takes place. That classic Mi'ila is B'shogeg. And the only question is, whose initiative was it? If, the, if somebody was acting on the authority of the Balabais, the Balabais is Moel. If he was acting on his own authority, he's Moel. But the basic case is, what? So it happens, all of that is within the bottom right. It is within, all of that is within Shogeg. Meaning, a classic Mi'ila is, I give you money, you don't know it's hectic, I don't know it's hectic, it gets spent, Mi'ila takes place. Mm-hmm. Classic Mi'ila is B'shogeg. So discussions of Balabayis, Chenvani, Shaliyah, oh, the only thing that's trying to figure out is, if you did it on my authorization, I'm Moel. If you did it on your own authority, you're Moel. Mm-hmm. But all of that, this, is classic, this is classic Mi'ila. Okay? This is classic Mi'ila is B'shogeg. So, Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Yudah says here, it's not Yatso Luchulin, Rabbi Meir has a Chiddush, that B'meizid, it's Yatso Luchulin, Okay? 
Okay, that's a general chiddush by Meila. But how could he deny the classic category of Meila b'shogeim? We're trying to claim that he does. That all those stories about chenvani and misuse of money, whatever, that's not according to Rebbe Meir. There's an okay? asymmetry of that, and one is shogeim, one is Meila. All right, let's not worry about that. Then, then, then uh, yes, that comes up in Meseches Meila, but we're not going to worry about it. So, okay, a chazan al kotsayim shem Rebbe Meir, but lo matzinu hekdesh b'shogeim emit chalel b'mezim mitchalel. We have never found him taking this this reverse position that it doesn't go out to chulin. Beshogig and it does demaze it. He could say it demaze it, but then he'd better say it Beshogig as well. So then, what's the shot of our mission? Why is a woman not married when it's Beshogig? Well, Mishnah Senu is in a very special case. See if you can buy this answer. Bixonis Kahuna Shalobalu. We're talking about buy it, okay? Uh, it's talking about the big day Kahuna. That were as that had not been worn out. So he tried somehow. He got access to one of the cloaks of a kohen. He was a kohen, maybe, and he said, "You're married to me with my cloak," and it had not yet worn out. We'll see why that's relevant in a minute. And then the man says, "Oh, well, then if it was b'shogeg, you're not malo. Why? If normally there's meila b'shogeg, because there's a special exception that you don't transgress meila b'shogeg by big day kahuna." Why is there that exception? Let's read the next line. Since Kohanim have the permission to benefit from them, now you might say you can only benefit them while they're doing the Avodah, but now comes the next line. Such a great line. The Torah was not given to the heavenly angels. A Kohen cannot be told, as soon as the second the Avodah is off, you got to strip. And if you left your begadim on two minutes because you were talking to your friend after the day after the day had ended, after the gates had been shut, oh, then you're mole because you were wearing your bag at two minutes and when you weren't doing the avoda. No, the Torah wasn't given to Malach and Asharis, which is a great line sometimes that's used like, you know, in issues about like, do we have to worry about microscopic bugs, you know? The Torah isn't given to Malach and Asharis. It's based on human standards, okay? And therefore, uh, the, according to this, there's a general exemption of Meila from Big Day Kahuna. If you use your Big Day Kahuna unwittingly, wittingly would be different, but unwittingly, you're not transgressing Meila, you're given that special allowance, that's the reality of... Yeah, exactly. That'd be right. You'd have to like, oh, here's this interesting belt, it just looks my, like my the regular belt, you know, I don't know, maybe he found a belt on the street, and he thought, oh, well, it's probably Yeo, she took possession of the belt, but he, I don't know what. It was a crazy case, okay? And that's why he says there's no Mi'ila B'Shogei, but in general, of course, there'd be Mi'ila B'Shogei. So now the Gemara says, okay, let's try to prove whether that's true about Big Day Kahuna. Because if it already was Balu, then it already be Yotzei Well, yes, that's the next line we're about to see. No, the opposite. We're about to see the next line. Tashma. So we're going let, to, let, let's investigate this Big Day Kahuna thing for a minute. Okay, Ketonis Kahuna Shabalu. If you have the, the uh, cloak of the Kahuna that is now worn out, and it's sort of, it's put in the, you know, it's going to be repurposed or something. It's not going to be worn by the Kohanim anymore. Yeah, exactly. Romero says that there is Me'ila. So the Gemara assumes, my lava, if you love it says worn out, but presumably there wouldn't be a difference between worn out and not worn out. Now, already we signaled there is because we characterized the first case by Lobalu, but this is telling us why. What would be the difference? So the Gemara says, low. Balu Davka. No. Only if they've worn out. So it doesn't tell us the difference, but what is the difference? difference is, the whole reason you have an allowance is because these are things that wearable. you do wear. 
Once they stop being wearing, then it's just simple property owned by Hektesh. So, who knows what Hektesh will do? They'll sell it. There's some, you know, it's some raw material. They'll make it into wicks for whatever. But, but your allowance was only in the context when they were still usable because then there was a reality that you were going to have to use them and you had to be given a certain amount of latitude. Once they stop being usable, they're standard Hektesh and you have no allowance. Okay, Tashma. Now, by the way, if that's true, what's the position of Reb Yehuda? Because if we are really talking about, about you know, Big Day Kahuna, and that's why Rebbe Meir says there's no transgression Bashogay, or there's no Me'ila, um, what does, you know, what does Rebbe Yehuda say? So Rashi basically says, like a little later, but it's a basic point, is that Rebbe Yehuda would have to say that even though there was an allowance, it was a limited allowance. It wasn't like, oh, there's no Me'ila Bashogay by Big Day Kahuna. There's no Me'ila if you wear them too long. Okay, for that mistake, or keeping them on a little bit too long, there there's no Me'ila. Nobody said if you actually give them to a woman to get married with or do some other misuse there's no me'ila okay so that's now how we're explaining the debate in the mission in a very very limited way right so now the Gemara says like this Toshma molin v'chadatin ve'in molin ba'atikin okay you are moel with new shekels and not with old shekels what would happen you know starting other people would donate their shekel to the base of Mikdash for use in the new korbanot of the year the uh, communal korbanot that would be brought in Nisan okay and if you would be late giving your your, your shekel in um, you would come at different times you know and you only gave it later in the year it would still go into a box that was said charitin new shekel and you put it in the box and then next time they took what was called the Trumas Halishka they took funds from that, you know, from those from the donated funds to buy the next round of korbanot because they would do three rounds of buying korbanot throughout the year. Um, you know, at least it would be coming from your funds. Your funds would be part of the communal funds. If, however, you forgot the entire year to give your shekel and you showed up in the base of Mikdash a year later, then you would give last. You'd give this year's shekel now, but you give last year's shekel in a bo- in a box marked old shekel. Okay, atikin, old shekel. Okay, now, what would they do with the old shekel funds? They wouldn't buy korbanot. What they would do with the old shekel funds is they would use it for um, type of like uh, communal needs. As we're going to like buy, building the uh, walls of the base of Mikdash, building the walls of Yerushalayim. What? Roads. Ro- uh, not, uh, not, don't think roads, but a, mo- a little more, a little more, um, uh, well, Chomot Ha'ir Migdolotam, maybe. Yeah, yeah, Rashi says, Kotsar Chetikun Ha'ir. Yeah, maybe roads. Okay, at types of things are putting it to um, municipal Yerushalayim type of needs and Mikdash types of needs. Now, because of that, here's the thing. If I'm using that money to buy a wall, to build a wall of Yerushalayim, what are you going to do when, once that wall is built with that wall? You're going to sit on it. You're going you're to get shade from it. You're going to be nene from it, right? So, okay, that's a type of a thing like the Big Day Kahuna in the sense that funds are being spent and presumably there's some right to use them in that capacity, okay? So, does that mean that they're totally excluded from laws of Mi'ila? That's sort of the analogy we're making. Let's take a look. Okay, so... Before you spent it, these old shkolim really excluded? Is that the question? Well, these old, these old shkolim are going to go towards communal needs, right. okay? So does that mean that because there are certain uses that are allowed from it for personal, you know, people will benefit from it, that gives, that, that it's, they're completely excluded from the ELA. 
let's say in the but in the end I don't use it as sitting on a wall. I accidentally took it and spent it to build. But I misused it and I brought a car with it or something. Right? Is it completely excluded from the ilo once there are certain allowances given? Okay, Tashma Molin Bechadatin. Your moa with the new funds because that's going for korbanot. The ain Molin Batikin, not the old ones, which is going for these uh, municipal needs. Remero Mer Molin Af Batikin. No, even the old ones. Shaya Rebbe Meir, Omer Rebbe Meir used to say, Moin b'shiare alishka. You would be moel with the leftover money from the, from the, when you would take the funds for the buying of the korbanot, any funds not taken of that year were called shayare lishka, the remainder of the funds, and would be spent on these communal needs, needs, like the last year's funds are spent on these communal needs, and therefore he says, there's, there is me'ila. So we've got a problem. How would you say there's no me'ila by big day kahuna, even if you use it to marry a woman, here you have even more allowance than big day kahuna. You're using these money to build the homos Yerushalayim. How can you say that there's me'ila by it? Shouldn't we say that once you have some allowance that gives you a complete tour from me'ila in this regard? Like, if that's what you're saying by big day kahuna? The old, the old coins are like the frayed... Begadim. No, the frame begadim are not going to be used by you. The, this money, the old coins, something else. That the alta hectishes, they're not. Uh, they're not given. The, 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 the normal person is not given any allowance to use them. The old coins are going to be used to build up the walls, which specifically means that normal people are going to be able to benefit from them. Right? The old begadim, normal people don't have a right to benefit from. Nobody has a right. They're hectishes. Everybody else hands off. The, the new begadim. Kohanim have a right to benefit. The old money, normal people have a right to benefit from. They're going to be used to build walls. So if nevertheless there still is me'ila, even though there's going to be a wide range of benefits that are going to be allowed to people, mm-hmm. so how could that be me'ila there when it's misused outside of those parameters and, and not be me'ila by Big Day Kahuna? That's the question. Okay? Yamai, why could Rebbe Mayor say there's me'ila? Name a whole v'nitnu lehanos, Let's say that there's no mi'ila because you have right to benefit because Torah isn't given to, to heavenly angels. The the wall of the city and its towers. You would use these funds and they, these would be things that normal people would get benefits from. The walls and the towers. The and all of the needs of the city. So, if therefore, if even more than the Big Day Kahuna, if you think that there's no Mi'ila by Big Day Kahuna, even any type of misuse, then it should certainly be true by uh, Shari Elishka. So the Gemara says, all right, lo teima Rebbe Meir, ela eima Rebbe Yehuda. Take out every Rebbe Meir that appeared in that bright and replace it with Rebbe Yehuda. Rebbe Yehuda is the one, the same way we're claiming that Rebbe Yehuda in our Mishnah says there is Mi'ila by Big Day Kahuna, the Shogeg, when you use it outside of the parameters of, of the special allowance that was given. So he would say there's also Mi'ila by the Shiare Lishka, when you use it outside of the parameters for what it's earmarked for. Okay? So, obviously, we're on a real, real stretch. We try to say our entire mission is talking about a hyper-special case of Big Day Kahuna, and even though there's a clear evidence that Rebbe Mayer feels that in those types of cases there would be Mi'ila, once, even though you have certain allowances, there'd be Mi'ila when you go beyond those allowances, we're reversing Rebbe Mayer with Rebbe Yehuda to keep everything within this frame. Right, so when Rebbe, Rebbe Yehuda would be Mi'ila? When you use it outside of the allowances. You're, yes, he would not disagree. He would not say a coin has to strip the second the other vote is over.
over. You do have a certain amount of latitude. Yeah, you I, do have, if I'm going to use the money to right. build a Choma Ta'ir, right. you have the right to sit on it. Okay, but you, but if you accidentally, I don't know, a, a, a boulder falls off of the wall and you go ahead and you take it and I don't know, and you don't realize it belongs to the base of Mikdash and you build it in your house, you do something that's outside of the, of the parameters that were allowed, he would say that would be so me. Right, so what's interesting to me about that position of Yehuda now is that um, he sort of expands, as it were, even physically, the influence of the Mikdash, outside of the Mikdash, the Migdala ear, yeah. has a kind of well, Kedusha to it. Well, right, but yes, correct. I mean, that's in general, and we're going to see that. That's in general, I and mean, look, it's a hard concept, Bichlau. You really think that you're going to go ahead and build a wall of a city and keep saying, but this is still hectic? You can only use it this way and not that That's way? I mean, that, you know, one thing to say about Big Dekauna, another thing to say, I understand. It's a, but anyway, but yes, I it's a pretty, I got it, I got it. If there's any place to say that there's no Mi'ila, it would be by Big, it would be by Yehoma Seir, not by Big Dekauna. Is there uh, any Mi'ila now? Like, meaning, like, you know, like, what about, like, yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't know. That's an interesting question. Like, if anybody raises that issue. I mean, I think right now the walls were all built by what's his name like no I know but maybe, maybe like some of the rubble there and they use it for <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> a good question yeah both there's other ways in which the hectic goes off especially after it's been conquered and destroyed yeah that's what Michael is just asking yeah that's why I think you have to take the position that you know you do have an allowance by uh, by the Choma uh, Seir but okay let's keep on going Toshma coming here so this is exactly the case. Okay, the stones fell off the wall. Molin behem. There still is Mi'ila. Divri Rebbe Meir. Again, Rebbe Meir said there is Mi'ila. So even something that an allowance was given, if you go ahead and you go beyond those allowances and build it in your house, there is Mi'ila. So how can you say that Rebbe Meir in our Mishnah says there's no Mi'ila by Big Deguna because there's a limited allowance? Okay, and the limited allowance means a blanket allowance. You see, he doesn't say that. So the Gemara says, same answer. Fine, let's just change the name. Okay. So the Gemara says, he said it works like on the election results. If it's Rebbe it can't be Rebbe because now this gets to your question. So now we've got Rebbe Yehuda saying that, there's, that there, your, your latitude is more limited and that it's Kadosh. But we know that Rebbe Yehuda's approach is that we don't treat the walls of Yerushalayim to be Kadosh. How do we know that? Vatanan taught in the Mishnah Nidarim. It's been a while since we did Nidarim. Ke'imra kedirim ke'etin ke'ishim. If you say a certain object, let's say a, a loaf of bread, is like something hektesh, it's Aster Beneder. Okay? So if you say it's like a lamb, like it's like a, the wood that's used on the, on the uh, you know, like, like, like on, the, on the altar, the fire of the altar, ke'heichal, ke'mizbeach, like the right, like like you know, like the uh, like the sanctum, like the altar, Yerushalayim, all of those things is the neder. Rabbi Yehuda disagrees. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Koloma Yerushalayim, Lomer Klum. Using Yerushalayim is not a neder, presumably because Yerushalayim doesn't have the walls, don't have kedusha, right? I mean, it has a kedusha, but it's not the same type of kedusha of the hektesh. Okay, so the Gemara says, You'll say, no, 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 he's not debating the nature of Yerushalayim. The problem is, you didn't say, let this be like Yerushalayim. You just said, let this be Yerushalayim. You need the ka, the comparison, to be the key word to transfer the status or, you know, to, append, to, 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 to uh, bring the status, uh, apply the status to this other object. If you're saying, let this be Yerushalayim, that doesn't mean anything. But that's not 
true. That's not his issue. Mm-hmm. We talk about the Even if you said that to be like Yerushalayim, you didn't do anything because you used the right formula, but Yerushalayim is not a davar that is sanctified the path, okay? And therefore, it's not good for an eder. All right? So you see that he feels that the walls that are used to build Yerushalayim don't have any kedusha. It must be once the Shari Lishkar spent, once there's given latitude, the latitude is basically given across the board. So again, how can you say that that Rebbe takes the Machmir position in this debate between him and Rebbe Meir? So, he says the only Nedra is when you say something is like a sacrifice brought in Yerushalayim, but Yerushalayim itself is not a Davar Kadosh. So the Gemara's answer, again, very not satisfying. Trade Tanayim Ninovali with Rebuta. Fine, there's a debate of Tanayim about what Rebuta's position is. Some Tanayim think that Rebuta feels that Yerushalayim, the walls, do not have sanctity, and others feel that Greg Rebuta, the walls, do have sanctity, and you're over on Me'ila. But we are still now trying to assert that rather than taking this to its logical conclusion, that Rebbe Mayer says that when it comes to spending funds, there's not an Elah B'Shogeg, right, which would be the exact opposite of everything we think is true about Elah. We're trying to make this an extremely narrow case of Big Day Kahuna, where there, there might be, because there's limited allowance, there might be broader allowance. The only problem is that if you look at all the discussions of Mi'ila and so on, it seems like that more lenient position is the Rebbe Yehuda position. And that Rebbe Meir is the stricter position and says that you are, that you, you know, that by uh, Yerushalayim and by Shiare Lishka and all those things, there is Mi'ila. But we just keep on reversing the names until it all works out. Okay, so that's to try to explain this in a very limited way about Bidei Kuhn and similar things that a limited allowance means a broad allowance. But now we're going to go back to the broader read of Rebbe Meir. Okay. Ula, Mishmei the Barpada. So Ula in the name of Barpada goes back to our first read that Rebbe Meir basically says, no Mi'ila by misuse of funds to Shogate. Okay. Mishmei the Barpada, Omer. Omer, hi, Rebbe Meir. Rebbe Meir used to say, um, Okay, a minute ago you said Chazarnu Akolat Stadim Velo Matzinu. Rabbi Meir says this. I don't care if you if you Lo Matzinu. What do you mean Lo Matzinu? He said it right here. Okay, this yes, this is Rabbi Meir's position. If you misuse funds, it only goes out Lechulin Demezid. B'shogeg, it does not go out l'chulin because the sale is void. Okay, b'shogeg ain mitchalo. So amru b'shogeg mitchalo. So when do we speak about the idea that there's meila b'shogeg? Only in korban bilvad. Only for bringing a korban. The money doesn't go out l'chulin. You still have to bring a korban because you did meila. But the gemara says, what do you mean? Why would you bring a korban? In our kiddush case, it still wouldn't. One minute. One minute. The kime acher One minute. If the money doesn't go out l'chulin and the sale is void, korban b'ma. Why are you bringing a korban? Elano, here's what we mean. He also rubbing Pierish Mishmei de Barpada. Omer Ayer Rebbe Meir. Rebbe Meir said, "Hefter for me Nichal. The money goes out to Chulin if you're if you're knowing. B'shogeg aim Nichal. Unknowingly not, the sale is void and the money doesn't go out to Chulin. So Amar B'shogeg Mitchal. When would you ever transgress Meila B'shogeg? Only in Achila Bilvad. If it was something like I accidentally ate food of Hektish, or I anointed myself with oil of Hektish, or I used Hektish oil for lighting my lamp." Some type of a thing which is not about a transaction and a transfer of funds, there there's no Me'ila B'shogeg because the sale is void. The only time there's Me'ila B'shogeg and you would bring a Korban B'shogeg is when you actually directly benefited from Hektish. So benefit from Hektish B'shogeg, that's the case of Shogeg, that's the case of Me'ila, that's the case, you know, that maybe we could talk about the object going out, L'chulin, if there's anything left of that object. But spending the money... 
that would always be a void sale and that would never be Ela Bishogi by Rebbe Meir. So interpreting the reason it doesn't work is it's, it's not a special, very limited case of Big Day Karuna. Fundamentally for Meir, if you had known you wouldn't have done it, the sale is void. There's no Kiddushin, there's no sale if you use the money and therefore there will never be Meila by misuse of funds Bishogig according to Rebbe Meir. The exact reverse of the standard. The standard is classic Meila is Bishogig misuse of funds and Meizid actually is not, it does not go out L'Chulin. He's the exact reverse. Okay, so let's continue now. The says like this. Um, okay. Um, now that we've established, we're back to, I mean, it's an extreme position, but at least it's more stable, like we get it, okay, this real, this huge Kiddush of Rebbe Meir, let's figure out how we paskin about all this stuff. So, Amar Avada, you'll be very happy now, the rest of the Dab is also, how do we paskin? Okay, Amar Avada bar Ava, halachat Rebbe Meir, the Maaser, we will like Rebbe Meir by Maaser, remember Maaser, you can't marry a woman with Maaser Shani money, according to Rebbe Meir, because it's Maman Gavoa, right, it's God's money, it's not your money, Rebbe Huda disagreed, so we will like Rebbe Meir by Maaser, that it's always God's money, and you can never use it for Kiddusha Yisha, okay, hold the Stam Lantanik because we have a Stam Mishnah like him, we will like Rebbe by Hekdesh, which is the classic position of Hekdesh. Shogeg, it goes out L'chulin, and the woman is Miskadeshet. And Nezid, it does not, because it doesn't go out L'chulin. Okay? Because we have a Stam Mishnah like Rebbe Yehuda in the Hekdesh case. And now we're going to look at the Stam Mishnayot that support each of these positions. So now we're going to go back to Maser for a minute. Rabbi, 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 what? I just mean according to Rabbi, I know that the Allah is not like according to Rabbi Meir, but if you were like... According to Rabbi Mayer, if you ha- if you were trying to be Makadesh a woman using um, using coins rather than some object that you would get Hana from, would that work? Would he make that distinction? No, it doesn't make that. I understand. If you're trying to do it by a transaction, it doesn't work because the sale is void. No matter what you use, no matter what the right, but right. Yeah, correct. I mean, it doesn't matter what object you give. It's fundamentally about transferring it's ownership. Not. Right. Fine. So the most is like this. Um, okay. Tiny now. Um, okay. Um, to Rebbe Meir Bamaser. How do we know we were like Rebbe Meir Bamaser that Meiser Shani is Mamun Gavoa and you can't use it to marry a woman? Mighty did not. Terumavai. What's the story about the fourth year fruit of a tree, right? The first three years are Orla. The fourth year it says, Kodesh Kilulim Lahashem. And we basically treat it like Maser Shani. You bring it to Yushalayim and eat it in Yushalayim. We're going to see there's a debate of Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel. How much is it fully like Maser Shani? Beit Shammai, I mean, Elochomish, if you redeem the money, if you redeem it on money to bring the money to Yushalayim, you do not add a fifth. Unlike Maser Shani, Vein Lobio, you don't have to get rid of it out of your house if you haven't done anything with it by the third and sixth year of the Shemitah cycle, unlike Maser Shani, where you do. Bidil Amin Yeshlo, no, it's like Maser Shani, there's a Chomesh, and you have to get rid of it out of your house in the third and sixth year. There are the gifts to the poor. If we're talking about here, oh, it's Kermavai, excuse me. It's about a vineyard specifically. So if we're talking about the type of gifts to the poor, if you drop some of the clusters of the grapes while you're harvesting it, that's Peret. Ololot is uh, like unripe clusters. So those get left to the poor. Are the so, of the Karen versus anything else? Uh, it uh, wasn't, but that's what we're talking about, okay? Um, and um, um, and be, so Beitshamai says it has the normal gifts to the poor. Vidhila means Kululagas. No, you don't leave anything to the poor, you bring it all straight to the uh, pressing vat, um, uh, to the wine vat. Okay, so meaning, but that's because Beit Shammai treats it like no, more normal fruit, so it has those gifts, 
and Beitil treats it more like Maser Sheni. And Maser Sheni, you know, is excluded from the gifts to the poor, the gifts to the poor from the normal stuff, not from the Maser. So basically, there's a clear debate of Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel. You, you treat it like Master Shani or not. Okay? So, the Gemara says like this. My time of the Beit Hillel, why does Beit Hillel treat it consistently like Master Shani? The Gemiri, they make a Gzereshava, Kodesh Kodesh. Here it says Kodesh Yilulim Hashem, And by Master, it says Kodesh Lahashem. Mi Master. Ma Master Yeshlo Chomish Yeshlo Beer. The same way Master Shani, you add a fifth and you have to get it out of your house in the third and sixth year. Av Kermavai Yeshlo Chomish Yeshlo Beer. So, same with Kermavai. Beit Shammai, Lo Gemiri, Kodesh Kodesh, Mi Master, they don't make the link. Similarly, Ubeisilu, I mean, once Beisilu says it's like Master Shani, they say Kimaser. Okay, Ubeisilu, Omi Kimaser, Kimaser, Now, because they say it's like Master, they say you don't give the gifts to the poor. You don't give Peret and Olot. So, what is the logic behind that? Right? So, why should just because it's Master exempt you from the gifts to the poor? Right? You got your whole vineyard this year as its fourth year. Why would you not have to leave anything for the poor? Well, if Master isn't my money, if it's all God's money, then I don't have that responsibility to leave it to the poor. If it's my money, but I have to bring it to you, shall I am, then fine. Still, fundamentally, it's mine, and I have the normal obligations. So that's exactly, since Beitil says it's like Master Shani, that's why they say you don't leave the gifts to the poor. That proves a Rebbe Mayor position, that Master Shani is Maman Gavoa. Okay? Women, what? No, they would bring it to you, Shalayim, the same way I would bring it to you, Shalayim. That's Okay, that's what Beit Shammai would say. Beit Shammai would say you leave it to the poor, and they have it, and they can, they bring it to you, Shalayim, but they get to... Yeah, this is all Karim Ravai. So take it at your own risk, it's Karim Ravai. Okay? Beitil mean Kimaser. Kimaser, who do they hold like? Eek Reb Yehuda, if they hold like Reb Yehuda, am I cool Lagas? Why does it all go to the uh, wine vat? Hamar, Meister, Mamon, Hedudu. It's like your, it's your money with an obligation to eat it in Yerushalayim, but it's your money and therefore it would, you should have to give the gifts to the poor. El Alav to Rebbe Meir. It must be like Rebbe Meir. So you see, it's, as Rashi points out, Stam, yeah, Stam right. Mishnah is Rebbe Meir means Beitila. Beitila counts as a Stam Mishnah because there is Allah. So if Beitila presumes the position of Rebbe Meir, which is pretty funny because Rebbe Meir and Rebbe came later and they were all obviously from the Beitila school Cool. But nevertheless, the Gemara says, it's clearly, it clearly seems to be the presumption of Beit Hillel, and therefore we're going to side with Rebbe Meir, Master Shani is Maman Gaboa. Now the Gemara just raises an objection. The Gemara says, um, where were we? Um... Oh, I'm sorry, no, no, one way is objection. That's the end here. So now we're going to, so that proves that we paskin by Meister Shani Mamun Gavawa. Now we're going to move to prove that we paskin, and this will be the easier thing, as you can imagine, that by Hekdesh, oh no, easier, but whatever, it's uh, everything we've ever seen when we've seen Me'ilah, that by Me'ilah we rule like Reb Yehuda. There is Me'ilah when the money is misused for Shogeg, and there's not Me'ilah when it's misused for me. So let's just read one bright about that, and then we'll continue with that tomorrow. Okay? Uh, to Reb Yehuda Behekdesh Mahi, where do we see that we were like Reb Yehuda Behekdesh? No, we taught in the Mishnah. Shilach Piyatikeach. You go ahead, you went ahead and you had funds. You, okay, they were Hector's funds, you didn't realize. And you sent somebody who was a, not a minor and not somebody of not right mind, you know, somebody who was a, 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 a fit person, right? And you went ahead and you gave him the funds and he was a shaliach to go ahead and to spend the money. Okay, go to the storekeeper, buy me a, buy me a, a dozen eggs. Okay? Benizkar, Achel Higiyeto Chanvani. Before he got to the storekeeper, he remembered, oh my gosh, there are Hector's funds. So in that case, 
chenvani The chenvani, when he gets the money, okay, he actually is moel if he goes ahead and he misuses the money. Now, actually, the, the Gemara says when it discusses this mission that both me and the shaliach remembered. Because if I remembered and the shaliach didn't, the shaliach would be moel. But both of us remembered, so both of us were benazed, so the money did not be yotzei l'chulin. And then when the chinvani, who's unaware, spends it, it is yotzei l'chulin. So that's exactly this. The guy who's shogeg is Moel and it's Yotzei L'chol and the guy who remembers it's not Yotzei L'chulin. Okay? So, So you see that we rule like Reb Yehuda. Okay? So, now, so that's why we rule those two ways. Okay? So, so we will pick up tomorrow to question if all the Mishnayot all work within that approach. But right now we are saying that we rule that Meister Shani is Mamun Gavoa like Rabbi Meir, and we rule that Hektish, Me'il occurs B'Shogeg, when the money is spent B'Shogeg, and if the money does not go at L'Chulim when it's spent B'Nezid, that's Rabbi Huda, the exact reverse of Rabbi Meir's position. All right.